2: And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge building voice in the nation's capital.
3: Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson, live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching me on my Facebook Live page, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there, and also for all of my social media. Thanks a lot for tuning in there. And, of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA, 105.1 FM FM. Right here in Arlington, Virginia, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. And around the world on WAVA.com. So thanks a lot for tuning in. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And you know what today is, right? You know how we roll around here. If you know it, say it with me. Here we go. Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, that's today. Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays. And then open, phone in Fridays, anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. But today, it's Tough Topic Tuesday, and our topic today is addressing and releasing addiction as we enter the new year. I've got a special guest who's going to be joining us in just a moment. But if you have an addiction, if you live with someone who does, If you're struggling to figure out, well, do I have an addiction? Maybe I don't. (laughs) Well, guess what? Help is on the way. Dr. Anna Youssef, psychiatrist and author of the book, Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier and More Meaningful Life will be joining us after I pray. Let me give you the phone number. It's 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. I will probably hog most of the time because I love to get to connect with and talk to, and I've engaged with the book and engaged with Dr. Anna Youssef so much. I had to share her with you, but I am going to open my phone lines in case you do want to talk to her as well. That number, once again, is 888-43-BRIDGE. But first, let's do what we always do and commit our time to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to connect with one another. And we just pray that you would cover this show, my guest, and the topic in your name. We pray together. Everyone said amen and amen. A couple other ways to get a hold of me. You can always go to Andersonspeaks.com, Andersonspeaks.com. Or you can go to my favorite website, EmbraceGracism.com and learn what it means to be a gracist. Now, you see this book I'm holding up right here for those of you on my Facebook page? It's called Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier and More Meaningful Life. And the author of the book is a graduate of Stanford University and Yale University School of Medicine. Dr. Anna Usum is a psychiatrist in uh, private practice in New York City. She's helped more than a thousand patients lead happier, more meaningful lives, and today she wants to help you. She currently lives uh, in Manhattan with her husband, and Dr. Anna Youssef, it's so good to have you on the show today. How are you? Thank you
4: so much, Dr. Anderson. It's really a pleasure to be here with you.
3: Yeah, your book is so lovely. I'm so glad you spent all this time writing it because it's clear that you labored over every page and every word. Why did you write this book Fulfilled?
4: Well, um, it really was a labor of love, like you said, and I um, have worked with over a thousand patients over the last 10 years here in Manhattan, and seeing people come in with a number of traditional complaints, anxiety, depression, addiction, I wanted to bring in something that's not often brought into medicine, Mm. which is the spiritual dimension, Mm. and to help people use spirituality to heal more quickly and more thoroughly from all sorts of mental issues. So that was my point in writing
3: it. You know, a lot of psychiatrists don't say that or don't come to sort of that conclusion that there is actually a nexus between maybe one's faith and spirituality and uh, medicine and, and the medical aspect of, of life. How did you get to that place?
4: Right, you know, and this is not Anything that I had, you asked me 15, 20 years ago, if this is the direction my life was headed, I would certainly say no. Mm. I was trained as a very traditional medical psychiatrist, came from a family of mathematicians, scientists, engineers. Mm. And then my own life hit a little bump in the road where I had my own dark night of the soul and realized that all these medical tools I had worked so hard to acquire all mm. these years were failing me and that I needed something broader.
5: I mm. needed
6: something
4: different. Mm. And that took me on a journey all over the world, looking at Buddhist meditation in Thailand mm. and going to Israel to learn about Kabbalah, to learn about many different religious teachings, mm. to go to India and work with gurus, to go to South Africa and South America to work with shamans, mm. And in the course of all that... I learned that healing really can't be reduced just to a medical model, and that faith is a huge part of healing, and spirituality can expand us to levels of healing and levels of being that the medical model, unfortunately, really just doesn't encapsulate, Hmm. and so I'm all for medicine. I am a very, you know, traditional doctor in certain regards, but I love to bring in this other dimension when patients are open to
3: it. Well, they have to be open to it, and when reading your book, you are uh, giving examples of your own journey your own authenticity but then you really talk about how you help uh, uh, people where that from where they are and try to help them move toward the best them when I get back from my commercial break I want to come back to you and ask you about addiction specifically how do we address it how do we release it and how do we somehow overcome it friends you're tuned in to real talk with Dr. David Anderson, and today my guest, Dr. Anna Usom. If I were you, I wouldn't go anywhere. Have you been hurt? Cheated on, lied to, or unfairly treated by others? Do you have a difficult time forgiving others or extending grace? Then you have to purchase my brand new book, I For Grace You. In bookstores now and on Amazon.com, I For Grace You, doing good to those who've hurt you. You will be freed from anger, bitterness, resentment, and guilt. I For Grace You by Dr. David Anderson. That's me. Go to Amazon.com, I for Grace You. Get freed up today.
5: (laughs) we <laughs>
3: Get your basement fixed. Give them a call. 844 980 3707. That's 844
5: 980 3707.
1: Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're back.
3: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I'm holding up this book, Fulfilled. It's a great book. I've been pouring into it for several months. I only read a couple of pages at a time because it's the kind of book you want to spend time with. The subtitle How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life by Psychiatrist Doctor Anna Yusum and Uh, Dr. Youssef, you say in your book when you're talking about uh, addiction to alcohol, because you talk about addiction to rage and work and alcohol and other things, sex and love. But uh, you you mentioned this one line, and I was just reading it earlier. You say, we try to fill the void by looking outside ourselves, desperately hoping to latch on to somebody or something that will make us whole. Is that what addiction really does to you where you just try your best to try to fill
4: a void? Absolutely, absolutely. So, this is sort of looking at addiction from a spiritual perspective. And In addiction, you know, it's really interesting because there are two places in medicine where a God-based model is actually the medical standard of care. Mm -hmm. Addiction treatment is one of those places. The other place in medicine is hospice care when -hmm. people are crossing over. Mm -hmm. So those are two places where really, you know... People look towards God and towards filling their void through God as a way of really understanding, even medically, what is going on with addiction. Mm. Um, The spiritual thirst for wholeness is something that Carl Jung, who was a Swiss psychiatrist, wrote to Bill Wilson, the founder of AA. Mm. That's how he defined addiction. And so that's where that quote ultimately comes from.
3: How does one define addiction someone's driving right now through the streets of washington they don't even know whether they are or whether they aren't maybe they do know i don't know how do we define it
4: yeah so the way that i think about it is really straightforward it's like it's anything where the more of it that you get the emptier you feel
5: Mm.
6: so a
4: drink or two is fine But when you feel that you keep drinking and drinking and feel emptier inside every time Mm. and it starts to interfere with your work, it starts to interfere with relationships, Mm. you no longer have control over the behavior, that's an addiction. Mm. And the same with workaholism where, you know, having work that you love and being passionate about work is a wonderful thing. Go for it. But now when you're doing it in order to fill a void and you're working so hard that the more you work – the more empty you feel, that's an addiction. Mm. And the same thing with a lot of other behaviors. See, most people think of addictions in terms of substances, right. like alcohol, drugs, right. or in terms of um, certain behaviors, like sex addiction, work addiction, mm-hmm. video game addiction. Or, But you can also think that there are... A whole other category, psychological addictions. Mm. And this is addiction to money, to power, to status, Mm. all of which in moderation are wonderful things to have, and everybody wants that. Mm. But sometimes you can get so caught up in the rat race. You know, some people are filling their voids with money. Mm. And the more money they get, the more things that they fill their life with, the emptier they continue to feel. Mm. This addiction isn't working to enable them to feel whole. So hmm. at the end of the day, that's how I would define addiction, where the more of it you have, hmm. the emptier you feel.
3: Wow. How about that? It's almost an uh, oxymoron when you look at it. It's so uh, uh, tricky, you know. I need more, I need more, I need more, but the more I get, the more I feel like I'm empty and I need more, right? <laughs> My exactly, goodness.
4: exactly.
3: And are we treating addiction properly, Dr. Usum?
4: There are many places certainly that are trying, and just like every person is very different, the healing model that different people need are also very, very unique and variable. Mm. So usually when you think of a substance addiction, that's something for which a multifaceted approach is usually the best. Mm. When people think of substance addiction, like drug or alcohol addiction, they think of it as a disease. It's a disease for which there is a progressive course and for which there is a known treatment. Mm. And treatment for that often will include some sort of group therapy, often medication, sometimes rehab or a detox if needed, and a psychosocial component to help people to understand the role that mm. that addiction served in their life and other ways that they can fill whatever voids that addiction was filling.
3: Hmm. Wow. And so when people uh, have a sense of, I might have an addiction, I might not, do you think most people are actually aware of it, whether they admit it or not?
4: You know, it's hard to say because for a lot of people, you can be in a culture where everybody's addicted. So your behavior doesn't seem off at all.
5: And I see this
4: a lot with my college students. Everybody is drinking, you know, beyond what they should be. And then they're Mm. like, And I I hear how much they're drinking, and they're drinking, let's say, maybe one night they could be binging 10 drinks. Mm. That pretty much, you know, fits criteria for alcoholism. Mm. You know, that's the cutoff according to any standard. And, you know, but they're like, but that's what my friends are doing. Mm. I'm not, you know, different from anybody else, and it's not impeding my schoolwork. And then there's also plenty of people, you know, they use recreationally. And then they're like, but I can pay my taxes, but I'm going to work, no problem. You know gotcha. so it's it's really a fine line in many situations, but usually the addiction happens when there's some sort of social or occupational impairment mm. that people 's drinking or their behavior or their you know drug use is somehow impeding either their relationships or their work life
3: Gotcha, so they see these symptoms of uh, relationships breaking, work not getting done relationships, uh, you know, people are scattering to the wind, all of these things are signs to say, hello, hello, Uh, the problem might be you and not everybody else.
4: (laughs) Exactly, exactly, and it's often hard to see because then a lot of people, you know, are in denial. Hmm. They don't want to see themselves as an alcoholic, as a drug addict, as an addict of any sort. No one wants to see themselves as sick, especially if they're still functional, and It is also human beings' tendency to externalize. The problem isn't in me. The problem is in you.
3: Uh Uh-huh. And so then can I actually get healed if I don't admit it? Or do I have to hit rock bottom where I get thrown in jail or I have a car accident or I get a ticket or my wife leaves or, you know, my, 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 my husband is stumbling and falling in the gutter? I mean, does it have to be that kind of a reality check before someone says, okay, I'm addicted?
4: For some people, yes, unfortunately. But other people, I also have people come to me saying, you know what? I'm starting to be a little bit worried about my behavior. I want to put some checks and balances on it. Mm. I'm worried about myself. I've never gotten into any trouble, but I know if I continue in this vein, I will. Mm. And thank goodness that these people have the foresight and the wherewithal to take the step to heal themselves.
3: Got it. So So you don't have to hit rock bottom. You can actually do something about it even now.
4: And it's much better, indeed, if you do.
3: Oh, wow. Okay, 888-432-7434. I guess I'll share Dr. Yousum with you. My lines are open. Are you okay taking some phone calls with me, Dr. Please, Usum? of course. All right, let's go to Ellicott City, Maryland, and talk to Jeannie, who's on the line. Hi, Jenny, it's Dr. Anderson. How are you?
8: Hi, Dr. Anderson. How are you? It's Jenny Doing from Doing great. Can you turn down your...
3: Can you turn down your radio or your uh, television and give us your comment or question, please?
8: Yes. Um, um, It's a couple. Um, So uh, I'm going on almost 500 days sober of alcohol.
3: Congratulations. Um,
8: And uh, secondly, my father doesn't believe I have any problems at all with alcohol, and he tries to push it. On mm. me and say you're fine, have a drink. Mm. And um, my father's complicated: a verbal abuses, gambling, alcoholic.
5: Mm. Um,
8: so uh, and then next, um, uh, so my I I have a que- question between um, a substance. Um, a, a uh, addiction question and then okay. a spiritual addiction question all right
3: which one do you want to um, ask my father I, you got you got a chance to ask one of them so go for it which one do you want to ask the most
8: okay um so um so my okay um sorry i have written down um so m- My dad, um, he he believes that our church is a cult because he's Catholic, but every week he makes a donation every week. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand um, that. And then lastly, um, so how spiritually— could I get advice to have a healthy religious relationship with my troubled father?
3: Gotcha. That's a that's a good question. Uh, Dr. Usum, how does one have a relationship with a complicated uh sort of family dynamic?
4: <laughs> right, right. That's uh, a it's a wonderful question. Jenny, and congratulations to you on 500 days sober. That's a huge life accomplishment mm. and good for you. And no matter what your father or anybody oh, else you. says, yes stay sober, keep doing what you're doing, and stay on the path. So, With family members like Dad, who probably in his own way deeply loves you, but also is very complicated and has a lot of denial in his own life and also Mm. in terms of the people around him, the key thing, you could be close to him, but also to have really good boundaries. Mm. And, you know, they say good fences make good neighbors. When you have good boundaries with people like that, you can still be close, but then you know where you end and where they begin. And so you don't have to take on everything that dad says you know your own truth and you connect to your soul your divine light and your intuition that's your source of truth it's not what your father tells you if you feel as though you need to stay sober and i completely agree with you if you're doing so well keep doing exactly what you're doing Mm. you listen to your heart and to god and not to your dad so Mm. set your boundaries
3: all right jenny thank you so much i hope that served you well you're so very welcome. Let's go to Mike, who's on the road in Maryland himself. Hey, Mike, it's Doctor Anderson and Doctor Usum. How are you, Mike? Are you there? Going once?
1: Oh yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm great. Here.
3: What's your comment or question, Mike?
1: Well, I've been starting off this year thinking about uh, food. Uh, you know, I am fat, and uh, and and I, I guess I'm I'm eating for pleasure and comfort and soothing, but. I guess what it's actually bringing me is pain and suffering, and and yeah, I guess that's uh, that's an addiction. I guess that's insane behavior. Well, and I'm just wondering, Doc, uh, if.
3: Hmm? Well, let me ask Doc. Um, I, let me ask Doc Mike: um, Is food or can food be an addiction, Doctor Youson?
4: Absolutely. You know, and it's really interesting because some people say, well, we need food, and so how can you ever be addicted to something you need? Well, it really is about your relationship to that thing. And Mm -hmm. if indeed, Mike, you're realizing that you're using it to fill a void, it's so important to recognize what emotions come up prior to, not prior to eating, but prior to feeling an urge to eat excessively or prior Mm -hmm. to the point where it's hard to stop eating. Oftentimes, we will eat away our difficult emotions, and those emotions could be shame guilt humiliation anger mm. and we eat in a way of like stuffing them down the more you're able to release in constructive ways those emotions the less you need to self-medicate it with food mm. so if there is a way that we can get in touch with some of those maybe some of the um, food addiction could lift
5: hmm. how's that sound Mike
3: and, Mike, I'm going to let you go only because of the uh, the breakdown and the cell phone communication from your car, but I believe he asked Dr. Usom, is your book a good resource to help him with that?
4: Absolutely right. There is a number of exercises that people can use to overcome any addiction, including food addiction.
3: There you go. And, uh, Mike, I would uh, put a big amen on what Dr. Usom just said. It's a great book, and it has exercises that actually – uh, force you to kind of look into yourself and reflect on exactly some of the things that she's talking about. And if you're just joining us, the book is called Fulfilled by uh, Dr. Anna Usom. She is a psychiatrist out of Manhattan, uh, and uh, the subtitle of her book is How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier and More Meaningful Life. She's also uh, a friend, and I think she's a great person. This book is not a small uh, read through quickly. Book. It is a thick uh, book of reflection where you get wisdom, knowledge, and then you got to take a breath and really reflect. Do I really want my life to change? And it's the new year. So, guess what? There is no better time to pick up the book, Fulfilled by Dr. Anna Usum. As soon as I get back in just a few minutes, we're going to continue to take your calls and pick the brain of Dr. Anna Usum. You're tuned into and you're watching Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
0: It's a new year and you're probably thinking to yourself, I need to lose weight. You've been trying to lose weight for months, maybe even years. Yo-yo dieting, cutting calories, starving yourself, you don't feel good. Hi, I'm Steve Reynolds, pastor of Capital Baptist Church, and I can help you lose weight. I'm also the author of the book, Bod for God, and the creator of the Losing to Live Weight Loss Competition. I've lost over 100 pounds, and now I want to help you to lose weight through our Losing to Live Weight Loss Competition. Why should you participate? Because it works. Our previous competitions have resulted in literally tons of weight loss. These are stunning results. No wonder Fox News labeled me the anti-fat pastor. Don't try to lose weight alone. Join a team of losers. Quit procrastinating. Sign up today by calling 703-560-8677. That's 703-560-8677
2: or online at CapitalBaptist.org. That's CapitalBaptist.org. The next Losing to Live weight loss competition begins Sunday, January 27th. Hi, Don Crow here for Passport Auto Group. A family owned business with a stellar reputation
9: for superior customer service before, during, and long after the sale. A mission and goal to which they've been committed for the past 25 years. And now, when you visit PassportAuto.com on the web, you can take your own virtual internet tour to enhance your buying experience and help you get to know their dealerships online. Just go to PassportAuto.com, browse their amazing inventory, Schedule a test drive of that vehicle you've been thinking about. Investigate financing, lease options, and much more. Whether you're thinking about a BMW, Infiniti, Nissan, Toyota, Mazda, or Mini, or whether you're in the market for a certified pre-owned vehicle, Passport Auto Group is waiting to serve you right now. And I also want to tell you that as a longtime customer of Passport, I can assure you they do what they say they'll do, and they do it right. Passport Auto Group. Serving the Washington, D.C. metro area for 25 years. PassportAuto.com. Message and data rates may apply.
10: When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max. A patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone, promoting greater increases in muscle size, and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free. When you text the word MAN to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text MAN to 797979. Text MAN to 797979.
3: Dressing and releasing addiction, that's what we're talking about in this new year. I've got special guest author Dr. Anna Youssef with me, psychiatrist out of Manhattan, and she's written a book called Fulfilled. She's also a friend, and I appreciate all that she's put into this book. The subtitle, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful life and as we're talking about addressing and releasing addiction you may want to just give a call and say you know what I- i'd like to talk to you about uh either your own or someone else's there's no better opportunity than now and guess what we got the dock in so there you have it 888-432-7434 if you just get in your car and joining us we are live and you can call me if you've downloaded the Gracism app. Then all you got to do is push that little icon that's a telephone, and it gets us right here in the studio right now. And for my Facebook Live friends, thanks a lot for tuning in. You can see I'm holding up the book again. Make sure you pick up a copy of it. It's called Fulfilled. Uh, Dr. Anna, you some in your book, you give stories of so many of the clients. How did you pull that off?
4: Yes. And so, um, All the clients about whom I've written have read their stories and have Um, given editorial feedback, have told me whether they feel it's an accurate portrayal, inaccurate, if the disguise is too much, if not enough. Mm. So actually the clients were very, very involved in working on the book with me. And of course, everybody's completely disguised because first and foremost, the most important thing in any treatment is to maintain people's confidentiality to really make it a safe space for them to come and speak freely.
3: Mm. Can you help my listeners understand the opioid crisis in America Like, what exactly are we dealing with here?
4: Right. We are dealing with more opiate deaths than we ever had before, and it's for a number of reasons, having to do with opiates being overprescribed, for the level of addiction also being higher than ever among young people. Mm. Um, And where does this stem from? In large part, it stems from a deep inner emptiness within people's souls, Mm. and people Um, self-medicating their voids through drugs, through alcohol, through opiates. Mm. And the result is really catastrophic, and I'm so glad that now as a nation we have been able to take a step forward and start to treat the opiate epidemic for what it is, which is a medical crisis Mm. that needs medical intervention. And just like any other addiction, opiate addiction is a medical condition that has concrete systematic treatment and can lead to healing
3: now is this any different than say the epidemic of crack cocaine in the 80s and 90s
4: yeah you know and that's the whole thing often the roots are similar and different and also Mm -hmm. the people who are most affected by you know um these epidemics are very different the crack epidemic it was very much a lower class issue in large part Mm. whereas the opiate epidemic often is an upper class issue Mm. and by no by no means is that across the board but this just shows that addiction is something it there's no boundaries in terms of race in terms of class in terms of religion all of us are susceptible to this which is why we need to band together and to be able to as a society and community step forward to fight it
3: so who is your book fulfilled for? Is it for the addict? Is it for the family or the friend uh, of the addict or, or both?
4: It's really for both. It's anybody who is looking to grow as a person mm. or has things in their life that enable them or make them feel stuck in some way. And that stuckness could be through anxiety, through depression, Through addiction, through feeling empty, they keep drawing in the same kind of wrong partner in relationship. They keep being fired from the job. Everything seems, you know, great in their life, yet they still feel unfulfilled. Mm. If you are dealing with any of these things, and especially if you're someone who's already tried through many different means, including therapy, spirituality, religion... To try to fill that void but been unsuccessful, this book is for
3: you. Hmm. How about if somebody has kicked the habit? They stopped drinking. Okay, they were an addict. They were drinking, uh, and now it's been five, ten years. Uh, Do you ever kick it to a place where, okay, now at my son's wedding or my daughter's wedding, I can go ahead and have that champagne or that glass of wine, or do you sort of stay away from it forever?
4: Right, and that's a really important question, and the answer to that question is really um, person-dependent because there's two different models for overcoming addiction. Mm. There is the harm reduction model and the abstinence model. The abstinence model is no drinking whatsoever, no drug use whatsoever. And this is the AA model or the NA model. Mm -hmm. Once an addict, always an addict, so you never drink again. If you can commit to that, all the better. But, you know, not everybody can. And Mm. not everybody, when they come seeking addiction treatment, are they ready for abstinence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need a harm reduction model, which is more a moderation model. They're like, Mm. I know that my drinking is getting me in trouble, but I just can't stop or I won't stop or I'm not ready to stop. Mm. But I definitely want to reduce how much I drink. And that's when you go with the harm reduction model, which is the moderation model. And you try to help people figure out things they could do to moderate their drinking. Now Mm. let me be clear, not everybody is capable of moderate drinking. Right. And that's because of genetic propensities. Uh. If you're somebody with a genetic propensity to alcoholism, you may not be capable no matter what you do Mm. to be, you know, able to drink moderately. Mm. And you have to know that about yourself and often that's something you will figure out through repeated trials.
5: Mm. Now if
4: that's the case, you know what? Kick that and go to the abstinence model. Save yourself some time and do yourself a favor. (laughs) And it's a genetic thing. You can't Change your genetics in terms of that. Ah. But there are other people who actually can drink moderately.
5: Hmm.
6: And
4: if they do what's usually recommended, if someone's drinking and they want to do moderation, Always start that off with a period of abstinence, at least 30 days, Mm. to prove to yourself that you can, and also to clear the alcohol from your system or the drugs from your system.
3: And if you can't abstain for 30 days or fast for 30 days from it, then maybe it's got a hold of you more than you think, right?
4: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
3: All right. Well, listen, friends, we're coming right back, and as soon as we do, we're going to continue to talk with Dr. Anna Youssef. She's the author of the book Fulfilled, and this is a great book that you've got to get. The subtitle is How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier and More Meaningful Life.
7: Raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this: I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Diglu a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor. Professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply or call one 800
10: Does your
3: church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor-church relations, administration and organizational issues, real estate issues, church liability, and risk management. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum and Associates today at 301 864 6070. That's 301 864 6070. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with me today and hanging out with Dr. Anna Usom. She is the author of this book I'm holding up if you're on my Facebook Live page, Fulfilled, as well as she's on the line with me from uh, Manhattan, uh, New York. She's a psychiatrist up there, a graduate of Stanford University and Yale University School of Medicine, and she has a private practice in New York City, and she has helped more than 1,000 patients lead a happier and more meaningful life. And uh, Anna, you know, when you uh, were writing this book, uh, what was one of the most fulfilling uh, parts of doing it?
4: I think being able to put my patient successes, into words to help other people grow and change mm. because the people with whom i've worked have worked so hard to grow as people to really get to their own next level to cast off the shadows and chains that have bound them and kept them stuck mm. and it's beautiful to see them grow and change and beautiful to be able to share that with the world how about
3: that Eight 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 four three two seventy four thirty four 7434 is my number live in studio I have opened up the phone lines. Maybe I'll share you with Dr. Houston. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hogging you to myself here, Doc. 888 43 Bridge. Uh, so let me just go ahead and ask you can you really be addicted to work? Come on.
4: Well, that's one of those things, you know, (laughs) you can be addicted to anything because you're, it's really about your relationship with that thing, even to things which you wouldn't even think about to power money status. Who's Mm. addicted to money, right?
5: Right. People
4: are addicted to work and they're addicted to money and even anger when it starts to take a hold over you. Mm. When rather than you controlling it, it controls you Mm. and you seek it out more and more and more to fill a void. And the more of it that you have, the emptier you feel. Do
3: people that's seek out ang- Do people seek out anger and rage, though?
4: You know, there are indeed people who do, and for whom really? that's their addiction. Really, and people like that, it actually follows the pattern. Are they Any looking for a fight?
3: Is that what they're doing?
4: They're looking for a release of that energy. For hmm. them, anger and an outburst of anger is like a hit. It's like a hit of heroin or like a you know snorting cocaine. Really? That's how they feel. They feel this amazing high when they explode. Wow. They feel empowered. They feel on top of the world. And if they haven't exploded in a while, they're going to eventually feel withdrawal and they're going to seek out ways in order to find mm. the next provocation. They're going to seek out provocations. They're going to provoke other people to get them angry so that they can explode. People often aren't even aware that they do this and that this huh. is their pattern until it's brought to their attention and then they can start looking for. constructive outlets for their anger so they don't have to explode in that way.
3: Wow, look at that, look at that. Somebody wrote in and they asked, uh, uh, they they were trying to do the uh, harm reduction model, didn't work so well, so finally they're on the abstinence model, but they're wondering, is there a test for genetics? Because they're wondering, maybe one day I can succeed and go back. Is there a test for being genetically uh, unable to ever return?
4: Yes. I'll tell you what the test is, and it's a behavioral test. So there are different ways in which people drink. For some people, the way that you drink is this. After you have one drink, you have full control as to whether you have your second drink. Mm. After you have your second drink, you have full control over whether you have your third drink, and so on and so on. Mm. At every drink, you have control over how many drinks you can have. Hmm. That's model one of drinking. That's one genetic profile. This is generally the non-alcoholic. The Mm. alcoholic profile for drinking is a little different. You have one drink after which you have full control over whether you have your second drink. You have another drink after which you have full control over whether you have that third drink. But then you get to the third drink and it goes from three to ten. You lose control.
5: Uh. If you
4: drink in that way, you are genetically wired to drink in that way. That Uh. is not something over which you have control. If you choose to do a harm reduction model, meaning a moderation model, and that's your way of drinking. You have to know where your cutoff is. People like that probably have to stay at one drink because mm. if you go to two, you might go to three, and three goes to ten, and that's it.
3: Oh wow! Okay, so you've pretty much lost uh, all control at that point. Gotcha. Eight 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 four three two seven four three four. Jeannie's on the line in Bowie, Maryland. Let's go there. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome to the show. How are you?
8: I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm
3: alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with me today. What are you thinking?
8: Well, I'd like to ask uh, the doctor there, um, uh, what is the science of spirituality and how does her book differ from a book that was written years ago, still in print, it's titled God's Psychiatry by Charles Allen, where he used the um, Ten Commandments, for mm-hmm. his chapter titles, mm-hmm. and um, to and his point was that if you followed the uh, if you kept the Ten Commandments, your mental health would be better. It would be improved. Mm-hmm. How does her book differ from that?
3: Thanks for the question. It Is Does di-
8: anything other than addiction?
3: Okay, thank you. Yes, uh, uh, Doctor Usum, talk to us about uh, how your book may be different than uh, the book of keeping the Ten Commandments will change your mental health.
4: Yes, yes, and I love that question, because I do agree that keeping the Ten Commandments will definitely help with your mental health. And you know, I focus on three commandments in my book, and they're not three of the Ten Commandments, but there's three things that all of us as human beings contend with. Chapter one is about authenticity, being you know, the first part of the book, which is um, mm-hmm. actually it's section one, which is the first four chapters, and it's learning to live an authentic life. That's the first commandment. The second commandment is about soul corrections. And your soul correction is that which you've come into this world to correct. You could know your soul correction by asking yourself the question, what is the greatest source of pain in my life? It's those things that come up in your life again and again, often much to your chagrin and dismay, Mm -hmm. and despite your best efforts to change it. Mm -hmm. The addiction chapter is one of people's soul corrections. I focus on four, but there's so many more, and Mm -hmm. those are releasing addictions, improving relationships, transforming fear, and harnessing personal power. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of the book is connecting to part of something greater, and Mm. it's how to use God in your life in order to elevate your consciousness, to harness the power of magic and synchronicity in your life, Mm. and to use that also as a source of solace and guidance, especially when you need it most.
3: Mm. Thank you so much, Jeannie, for your question. I appreciate that. Chica is in Washington, D.C. Let's go there. Hi, Chica. Welcome to the show.
8: Hi, Dr. Anderson. Hi, Dr. I wanted to find out, um, does drinking coffee, you know, like those people who can't function without drinking coffee, does that also qualify for addiction? And if it is, how destructive is that? Because I'm a nurse and I work a night shift. And sometimes we really can't get by that 12 hours without, you know, getting with our coffee here and there. And then sometimes in the morning, I usually have to drink a
4: coffee before I do my morning mm-hmm. push even. So how destructive is that as an addiction, even if it yeah. is... Right. And and that's a great question. So this also points to this question of can food be an addiction? Can substances that are totally sanctioned societally, Mm -hmm. that are legal and often, you know, endorsed by society on Mm -hmm. so many levels still be addictive? Mm -hmm. And the thing is that everything could technically be addictive because you can have from it withdrawal, you can have tolerance, it could make you, you know, feel bad. But usually coffee doesn't do that to people. And certainly in moderation, coffee actually has a lot of antidepressant properties. Mm -hmm. People will drink their cup of coffee right. they'll have energy and they will feel better coffee really is an antidepressant right. you know and there's actually a ton of data showing that if you drink less than four cups total per day it actually improves your health there's a lot of things that improves. It decreases your risk of um, colon cancer and a number of other things so that's the whole thing. That's why it's so tricky. In moderation, coffee could be really healthy. Mm. If you're someone who can't live without your coffee and are drinking it all the time, then maybe we can reevaluate and maybe there's mm. something else that you can, you know, drink instead of coffee sometimes.
3: There you go, Chica. Thank you so much thank for you, your doc. phone thank call. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank and you. uh Doc, I'm going to go to my final break, but can I just say thank you so much for saying that about coffee? Let me take my sip start. as I go to a break.
6: <laughs> In a spare bedroom, two turntables uh, and a microphone. I was flipping over
0: 33s, working on rhymes and melodies, searching for some more
2: January 19th, where will you be? Why, Christian Academy of Laurel, of course. Visit Christian Academy of Laurel's open houses on either January 19th from 10 a.m. until noon or January 29th from 6.30 until 8 p.m. Christian Academy of Laurel offers a rigorous Bible-based curriculum, competitive tuition, before and after care, a summer program, and a safe environment with small class sizes for pre-K to 8th grade. Christian Academy of Laurel is a Maryland state approved non-public school welcoming friends to open houses on January 19th from 10 until noon or on January 29th from 630 until 8 p.m. It's a happy new year at Christian Academy of Laurel. For more information, please visit www.fbslaurel.com or call now 301-490-1076. Again, that's www.fbslaurel.com or call 301 Where will you be on January 19th or 29th? Christian Academy of Laurel.
0: It almost seems that every day we hear about mortgage rates going up, going down. We just never know.
11: As a homeowner, that's a scary thing. How do you know when to lock your rate? Hey,
0: everyone. This is Mike.
11: And this is Brian of Fellowship Home Loans. And we're thrilled to present the Fellowship Home Loans Soft Lock Program. This allows all Fellowship Home Loans customers to lock in their rate to prevent a rate increase. However, if rates go down, you're going to benefit from that lower rate. You can't lose.
0: Rates go up, rates go down. The Fellowship Soft Lock Program is on your side. Give us a call at 800-804-SAVE and lock in your rate today. That's 800-804-7283 or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. Come
5: and get your loan, Fellowship Home Loans.
0: Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA, Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, NMLS number 60134.
11: Attention! This is a special announcement to Americans struggling with $10,000 or more in credit card debt, personal loans, collection accounts, or medical bills. Call National Debt Relief right now to see if you qualify for the Debt Reset Program. With this program, your debt balance and monthly payments may be reduced while you become debt-free in just 24 to 48 months. Avoid decades of painful minimum credit card payments and the serious consequences of bankruptcy. National Debt Relief has already helped more than one. One hundred thousand Americans become debt-free, is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and has received more than 30,000 five-star reviews. Call National Debt Relief now to speak to a certified debt relief specialist to see if you qualify for the Debt Reset Program. There are no upfront costs, and they don't earn a penny until your debt is successfully resolved. Call 800-643-2747. 800-643-2747. That's 800-643-2747.
3: Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit Andersonspeaks.com and simply click the Donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's Andersonspeaks.com. And thank you so very much for all of your support, and I'm so grateful to you for listening. Listen, let's go to one final phone call. Anonymous in Silver Spring. I got about 30 seconds, Anonymous. What's your comment or question, please?
8: Uh, Yes, my comment is um, an insight from 32 years of recovery from addictions. Mm -hmm. And it's a spiritual insight. I'm born again Christian, 22 years, went into 12-step recovery in 87. And the insight is this. There are layers of addictions that I went through. Mm -hmm. Seven-sex addiction, under that was codependence.
3: Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm so sorry, Anonymous. I have to let you go uh, because the sound is not great, and so I'm sure my listeners can't hear what you're saying through the echo. Dr. Usum, you wrote this book, Fulfilled, uh, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier and More Meaningful Life. What are your final comments on this before we end the show?
4: Yes, that um, the main reason also for my writing this book was to show people that fulfillment is possible and that there are concrete steps you can take to release whatever is holding you back, overcome your addictions, connect to part of something greater, and help God lead you to live the best life possible.
3: If I ever want to have you back, will you say yes?
4: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It was so great
3: having you on. Thank you for writing this book, and keep up the great work you're doing, okay?
4: Thanks so much, Dr. Anderson. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
3: Amen and amen. Let's pray together, friends. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to have this connection and to have this wisdom and knowledge on this Tough Topic Tuesday. Would you help every one of my listeners who needs to address or release addictions gain from our hour together? For it is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Together, everyone said amen and amen.